episode 90 of Board Games with Variant Hex is all about Exit the Game, A Gate Between Worlds. I'm Kelly, and in this episode, Adam and Aaron talk about their experience playing this game over Discord, actually, so kind of like over a Zoom call. We each had a copy of the game, and we completed the challenges together and, and solved it. I've been battling a cold for a while, so I'm not part of this episode. Haven't even heard it yet, but I did play Exit with Adam and Aaron. Without further ado, I'll turn it over to Adam and Aaron talking about their impressions and review of Exit the Game, A Gate Between Worlds. Hey Adam, you know those signs that often glow green or or red? Uh, I sure do. Usually I uh, look for those when I'm in any building so that I know the proper safety uh, method to uh, part from the building if I would need to do so. Oh yeah. The uh, things that are bright green also help you depart from the interstates. You mean, oh, like an off-ramp. An off-ramp. Um, how do I get out of this? <laughs> I don't know. I was going to keep just digging for you. So, no. so uh, Aaron's obviously talking about exit, exiting. Um, we're going to talk about the game Exit. What was the name of our specific uh, vintage of exiting? Exit the game, the gate between two worlds. Perfect. Um, so there's a whole... Uh, Passel of exit games a slew a gaggle what's the collective noun of exit games uh, cosmos oh no wait that's the publisher i'm so sorry an an exodus an ex- of exit games. An exodus of exit games yeah, yeah. um I, I, yeah and, and they're like one shot games that are puzzly and you uh play through once because you usually destroy something or you go use the game in a way that you can't repeat the process yeah it's an exit game playing. in a box right yeah yeah Except, or an exit game. I just said it's an exit game in a box. That's exact, In fact, that's exactly what it is. It's an right, escape. that's why I was confused. The face I made was like, yes, Aaron, it's 100% an exit game in a box. What I meant to say was, it's an escape room in a box, which is... Oh, that is a different word. Yeah, I mean, it's but a yes, whole it's a it's, different concept, yeah. Uh, so this one was released in 2020, and it was designed by Inca and Marcus Brand and Ralph Querforth. Uh it's still in print. You can, uh, you all can get it yourself, and it costs about fifteen dollars, which is a great price tag for this. Now, if you have two versions of the game like we did, that's going to be fifteen dollars a piece. But we're going to talk more about that. That we think that might very well be worth it in our situation and in your situation, whatever it is. Unless you're playing by yourself, don't get two versions <laughs> if you're playing by yourself. Don't get. It will not be the replay value quite low. Yes. Unless I mean, unless you really just want to feel good about yourself for something that's obviously not. Not excellent. It would be interesting to see how much faster you could do it again if you knew. Or if there's things that, like, if you still had to go through all the steps of yeah, it all. I mean, you just open up to the... You should be like, oh, oh, this cart? Oh, we're done. We got out. No, you, you got to do the whole thing. Oh, you got to so, do like, the puzzle. Every step. Like, I wonder if you still kind of get stuck on something. You're like, oh, gosh. What is the... <laughs> right. The, uh, and, you know, I think... So, what's interesting is the box says that it's for one to four players. And so, I think we can, like, take... Uh, some time and talk about that and then talk about why you might want two two boxes i mean theoretically it should be for as many people as you have playing right like i don't see why there's a physical limit to the number of plays but i think their suggestion might kind of indicate something that we noticed so we played uh on zoom with adam so kelly and i uh were here adam was there playing on zoom wonderful time adam had a copy we had a copy um and one of the benefits was like more than one person could be like very closely examining the the game element uh, for for any given puzzle. I'm gonna pause right here. I would like to do an official spoiler alert that we are gonna be talking about parts of this game. We're gonna give away stuff as we talk about. It. I was so gonna if ask actually, if we were doing spoilers before we're we got 100% too much into gonna do spoilers. It. All right, we're doing spoilers. Yeah, so 
Yep, so just, if you want to play the game, be surprised. The idea behind doing spoilers is that if you're unsure about what's involved, you can listen to this, because there's a whole bunch of other exit games. So right. even if you don't play this one, this was our experience telling what we did, so you have a better understanding. That's why we want to do the spoilers on this. So, But yeah, we are. So turn it off now if you don't want to find out how we solved the puzzles, what some of the puzzles were. We're going to ruin this game. You. And we'll see. And uh, you know, obviously, you should come back and listen to the conclusion of the episode after you've bought and played the game. That's marketing strategy, right there. You know, I completely forgot to mention to listen to this episode, regardless. Uh, yeah, that's right. At some point in life. I mean, great job. Yeah the the show the showrunner will care nothing about the la- the marketing. She might cut it out. So, but you were okay. So back to what you're saying before our uh, uh, spoiler alert, which I'm sure there'll be some sort of siren sound uh, entered in there, <laughs> with some sort of voiceover. Woo uh, <laughs> woo. That's my contribution. Oh, wow. There were parts of, the, of it where uh, Adam and I, or Kelly and Adam, were both like closely investigating elements of the puzzle. And it, it, I think it allowed us to go faster in some places uh, or whatever. But it, I think it was very beneficial to have two copies of the game, which we did because there was literal you know, hundreds of miles uh, separating us physically. But I think also, if you're going to play in the same room, I think with our experience of having had the extra copy, it wasn't bad. I might want two copies for three players in general. I think so. There are very specific instructions of look at this, don't look at this, right? It's right. a lot of... There's a lot of don't look at this. A lot of don't look at this. Follow, I mean, I can't, I mean, I guess you could ruin the game. Follow all those instructions. Like, just be a part of the whimsy of it all and uh, don't get ahead of yourself on that. Um, and then you're given, we watched like a video, right? There was like there, an app or something. Yeah, there was a video. Uh, and it was, I, I, the video just read to you the things on the card. Ah, I liked it. You know what? Yeah. I, I'm a fan of that. It was nice. I didn't have to read the card. Then we did read the card. Should we, if we're going to spoil it, it starts off and they're like, Hey, just set this thing up on top of the game box. And you're like, okay, you've given us literally nothing. We haven't looked at a card yet. Right. And yeah, it ends up being the cover of the box and ends up being very much a part of the first puzzle, which I thought was cool and clever. And I think they do that a, a lot where they use like, they, they use basically every element that they have sold you in the puzzles. And I thought that was a fun, a fun bit. It was very good. And credit to you on that. You figured it out very quickly. Kelly and I did not figure that out. Um, so I, big kudos to you because I would have, it would have taken me a while. Yeah. I think, you know, while we're passing kudos around, I think what was interesting at playing it with three players and I think actually you helped Kelly and I a lot because Kelly and I have played a game like this before. It helps to have different types of minds playing the game. And I think the three of us complimented each other beautifully. There was only one or two times where we got stuck. And for the most, but we also seemed to equally contribute. Like something made sense to everyone uh, at different times. So I got the first one, but there were definitely times where you and Kelly like noticed something that I was like, I was just not going to see. Right, and that is kind of the cool thing uh, when you play with multiple people because you could argue a person could argue, well, hey, it's cooperative, you know, does it really matter? Like other cooperative games, is it just right. a one player game that other people are sitting there for? And I think this is actually different. It felt very different than other cooperative games because just the way people's brains work. Yeah. So there was yeah. one clue, I think about three quarters of the way through where it was find the air and it referred back to like three clue, three puzzles before there was just a list of numbers where there was one, one, two, twos, three, threes, four, fours, etc. And Adam very quickly noticed that that's what the set of numbers was. And then Kelly in the extra clue like remembered it and went back and checked and was like, oh yeah, one of them doesn't have the same number. And the, in this case, it was the sixes. There were only five sixes. I would have noticed, I, w- I would like that whole, that would have been dead to me. Well, I also did uh, crumple up. and So, you know, we are getting a little ahead of oh, ourselves so because 
Well, no, no, no. It's only because, like, uh, to explain what we're doing here, there's these papers that we unfold that are supposed to represent different worlds. So you basically use you're traveling to different worlds through this portal. Yeah. And you have to solve puzzles on each of these worlds. And as you play the game, as Aaron was saying, like, towards the end, they says, oh, basically go back to, like, world two. Go back to world three. Right, right. Now, I had crumpled up or ripped up all the worlds after we went past them because why would I ever need to go back to those worlds? Another great reason to have two sets of the, of the game because I was having to, like, unfurl this, you know, clumped mess of paper to try to figure out what they were talking about. You know what? I think this is a great play. I felt like the instructions encouraged me to discard the old things. Now nah, they didn't. I You read back. You said at one point, we don't need to keep them. And I'm not going to blame you, but I'm 100% going to blame you for me also then not in any way keeping them. I, I did believe that we did not keep them, and I believe that the instructions said that. Now, I read the instructions after the game was over. And was I wrong? Absolutely, I was. I mean, of course I was. It was, it was, <laughs> it was evident that I was wrong during the game right. when you needed the old things. So, right. Uh, Kelly's very organized. And it was, it was a lot. So but it was a lot. Like it wasn't even just like a like a small thing. Like oh, you needed to have all that stuff. Yeah. To make it now, function. you should you should put it away now because the game the instructions say like set it aside so that you don't get confused about what you're working on. And I right. took that to Which, mean set it aside forever. Right. So and, if you ever give something to Aaron and say, "Hey, could you set this aside?" He's gonna throw it in an incinerator. <laughs> so just be prepared <laughs> for that next step. Yeah, I, I definitely do have an incinerator. Just just back into my right. That's what I throw stuff in. So Aaron likes to sit on a golden throne with, it's actually two incinerators behind him. One is functional. The other one is just, you know, for intimidation purposes. Oh, no, no, no. The other, the, the second one is where I, is where I, uh, I smith, I smith, I make, I forge, I forge weapons. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm so sorry. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You do. So yeah. it's the, it's the steel forge. This is crazy. Why, why have you gotten me to say that? I know, I know it's my fault. You go back and forth, so you're basically going through the worlds. And in this game, the theme is specifically like you are trying. You're like you're you're in this like warp zone, and you're trying to get back to the world from whence you came. And you having to go through all these crazy worlds because this this hole is open in the universe. Um, right, and there's this deck of cards that will tell you whether you've solved the puzzle or not. So basically, when you think you have solved the puzzle, that then associates it with a certain card number. And symbol, and then when you cross-reference that, it'll the way the game is designed will tell you, "Yep, you got it. Go to the next world. Go to the next step." Or it'll say, "Nope, you sure didn't." It Get often insults it. you. It's uh, it's a little snarky, but in a way that I like of an interdimensional kind of you know uh, time traveling thing. Yeah, yeah. So and I, that that kind of mechanic, at least we played the Lord of the Rings exit. Uh, that mechanic is similar to all of them. Like they have the decoder ring where you kind of put in the, the, the answers that you've derived and then you use the deck of cards to, to confirm or deny your answers. And I think it's just really clever. I think they've done a nice job. And then I think the puzzles were different enough from the two games that like they're using that same mechanic, but they're giving a lot of variety in the games. For sure. I could see that. And if you play with different people, it would also be a different experience yeah. on that. I could see if you play with the same two people over and over again, you'd find maybe more of a rhythm how, or something. How important was it, Adam, for you and I both to have a decoder? Uh, well, very important, eventually. Well, but, yeah, because one of us was decoding incorrectly. <laughs> well, that's also true, but it's... Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? We, you, you, <laughs> I forgot about that. You know what? Yeah. I think we should not give that spoiler away. That was a pretty clever, fun thing. I'm 100% going to spoil that. Okay, well, uh, why don't we talk about it? So, uh, at one point, you have to take the decoder apart. Uh, not only do you have to take it apart, but it references getting it wet. Now, we took two different approaches in these households. So, Kelly and Aaron are on video, and they are, like, looking at it, debating what this would mean. 
while on camera, I have already started pouring beer without any sort of a basin on t- on the co- on the cards because that's what I understood the instruction to be. So yeah. they also look at the camera and just see me pouring onto a desk, yeah. which is what it was, and making a mess, which it absolutely did, on top of this cardboard. And it was a t- the paper. It was was some sort of plasticky paper that revealed a number yeah. at that point. Um, but, you know, there's lots of ways to do this. And that was the way I chose to do most of that game, actually, was just ruin it and destroy it in the process as much as possible. Yeah. we uh, Kelly went into the other room, got distilled water, put it into a small cup, and then set our, our placard down into it. Um, yeah. It, was, it worked out really nice. That's probably the better way. I'd recommend that way. But, yeah. you know. My way pretty but I thought that was a really cool element to the game. That was not in the Lord of the Rings one. Yeah. You did have to take the decoder apart. I think that's pretty common to it. Because the, All right, well, now you're spoiling two games. We agreed to spoil one game, just so you know. Oh, I'm so sorry. You do not need to get the Lord of the Rings one wet. Spoilers. <laughs> I just want to repeat okay. it in case people hadn't had it spoiled already. <laughs> that's fair. Oh. So, uh, But I, it makes me excited when I see things like that that are – I did not expect that ever i did not expect that to be a part of the game and it does make me want to know what some of those other big reveals are even if the puzzles and the function is similar i hope there's some big difference on each of them yeah i mean like that honestly i think it was the best game reveal since charterstone charterstone will always yeah yeah how cool was that moment it was it was spoiling charterstone too actually this is just a a show of spoiling everything i feel like the statute of limitations on charterstone is long gone do you think so? I don't, I don't. think people... Ugh, damn people it. get into board games all the time. What do you mean? I'll have Kelly warn about the spoilers in the in the intro. The episode is going to be called Listen at Your Discretion. Listen at Your Discretion. We have some 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 questions that we, we usually go through when we, we cover a game like this. So I think we can... We can well, first of all, do you have any other like interesting puzzle topics that you that you think are worth are worth talking about? So there's a part where you like also cut... Like you have scissors. Oh, yeah. You have to like cut the boards and stuff like that. So I mean, you are destroying it throughout the process. Like it's unavoidable you are not going to leave this game or uh, uh, exit, exit the game with the, the the game entirely there's just no way to do it so just i think if you are a person that might say oh i have a hard time doing that like i like to keep my things nice and organized not cut up this is not for you like to play this is well you're just gonna have to grow as a person and start cutting away uh, in the instructions they kind of snarkily say like there's like a, a thing that addresses like what do you mean I have to destroy my game? And they're like, at the end of the game, you'll know all the puzzles. It will not provide any value to you. Yep. Um, I like it. Is it good? Is it good? I'm going to give Kelly's thought. She says, exit games are a bit formulaic, but yes, it was good. Do you think it was good, Aaron? Yeah, I mean, I like it. Um, I think that, so so there's a time element to it. Like, there's a time, they say, in which you should do it. And there's hints. So if you get stuck, you can take these hint cards. And then they basically subtract from your score, which is a function of the time that you spent. I've never I, – I always get sad. Like I feel time pressure as you get to the, the time barrier where you're not going to be doing the best job and then like you might even be getting stuck. So I think if I were better at not being competitive, I would absolutely love it. But I, I didn't like the time pressure that was pr- there. There was a couple times where we got like a little stuck and – because I feel like there's like 10 worlds that we went through. Right. And I think we played seven of the worlds – in about as quick as you might expect someone to play through them. And then we got really bogged down on like three of them. Yeah. So it was one world for sure. I know we were that for a while. Yeah. And we just, yeah. And we, we, we got through it. Yeah. We took, and like we took some hints, but like sometimes the hints didn't even help or the hints were like misdirective. So, uh, but no, I think, I think overall it's good. And then I, I think Adam, you're uh if you were to say right now that you did not think it was good, 
then I mean that would that would right. tarnish your your reputation as someone who's consistent. It'd be a weird gaslighting move for sure. Yeah. I think at that point, but no, I, I thought it was great. I think um, I like the price point. I think in the world of board games, things can be and maybe justifiably expensive. Sometimes I think fifteen dollars is such a good entry point for, and it was a couple hours of fun. Like yeah, it, it, we spent, which I feel like that's a for three people. Yeah. You know, even with, I guess, it we, we bought two bucks. games. Yeah. So $30. So for three people, what is that? $5 it's, an hour? Am I doing that math right? Yeah, or, you know, cheaper than movie tickets. Right. I think it's cheaper than a lot of things, and I think it's more fun than a lot of things. So I would have to give it a good to great rating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what makes it unique? Well, I think we just went through a whole list of things that make it pretty unique uh, compared to other games. I can't, I've, This is the only one I've played, so I can't really speak to other exit games. But you're clearly destroying things. You're doing a lot of, I think, unique uh, actions in a game-style setting that makes it unique. I think their willingness to have a pretty formulaic structure, but then like throw in enough elements where it's like, oh, you've used everything you put in this box, including this box. I think using every piece of the of what you've purchased, I think, is it makes it unique. Uh, even if someone else was mimicking it, I think that's admirable. Kelly says that she was super excited for the variety in puzzles. Specifically, there was a pit cross in there. Uh, Kelly plays a lot of pit cross. And so that one of the puzzles was pit cross, like, really gave us an edge. What was he a lot, by the way, just to be clear? I believe, was she 300 hours into uh, playing pit crosses on the Switch? I think that that's 300 hours is the amount that she played pit cross on the most recent pit cross game, which is the fourth of the, of the pit cross games that she has played. Gotcha. So, so just for scale, when we say a lot, you know, because people like, say a lot in their own scale, that's the scale. No, like thousands of hours, I think, is the is Perfect. the is the amount of time that Kelly has, has cross picks. If, so, Aaron, do you think it's an easy to learn game? Oh, I mean, of course it is. You just follow the instructions. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like they're telling you what to do, basically. Now, I'm going to ask a follow up kind of on that, though. Now, if you were a person that well, we're all kind of puzzly people. Kelly yeah. and I like logic puzzles. She does pick crosses. We like riddles, and we kind of have a mind for those things. Like, we know what to kind of look for. Like, I was counting things throughout the game, so when they showed up later, like, I already knew what they were. Right. Because you just know if that's going to be the case. If you didn't know any of that stuff, do you think it'd be – how do you think the experience would be on that? I think it depends on how much you would be frustrated at needing the help. But I think the fact that they give you the helper clues is pretty is pretty awesome. So like they and they basically will just give you the answer if you can't figure it out. Like the you can take one clue, then you can take a second clue, and then if you need to, you can just get the answer. And I think in some sense it teaches you how to play it as you go because while it's not it's not giving you the answer to the future puzzles, it's showing you their own methodology, right? It's so it's if you played one and you had to go to the clue every time, that would be kind of disappointing and sad, but also like you would have a better sense of how these puzzles are put together, and it might kind of teach you that style. I, I think that most people who would buy it, who play games, like if you're a gamer, you probably have lots of those similar puzzling strategy leanings. And I, I think I think for the most part, you're you're not going to run into someone who's just like, oh, I can't do this at all. But no, I think it could be disappointing if you had to get, if you had to just get the answer every time. Yeah. Okay, that's fair. You're right. The clues though do kind of help bridge that gap. That's uh, that's yeah. an excellent reminder. Yeah. How do I feel while playing? Um, Kelly says she feels excited, clever, but sometimes frustrated and lost. I think I feel exactly those things. I agree completely with Kelly. The problem for me is, again, like I mentioned, like I get a competitive event and I get very frustrated that I'm not able to do it in the time. But then if I can just like chill out 
and enjoy the fact that I'm hanging out with Adam and Kelly playing a puzzle game, then obviously it's delightful. Yeah, no, I agree. I think those are all very true adjectives. But that's where I think the group element's good for the frustrated and lost part, because somebody's usually going to pick it up at some point in there. What we want to do is at the end of these, uh, so the, these types of things now is say, would we recommend the game? And this is kind of an official seal type thing. We don't have an official seal. We might develop one. If if we had some sort of seal to be named later, would you give it your seal? Uh, it would absolutely get the Adam seal of recommendation. Um, I think it was super fun. I will be recommending it to people. I might just be giving it to people. Like if I know people that are like, I don't know what to do. Or, hey, you know, I mean, yeah, like, just like somebody's, I, I got to kill two hours. Here, do this. Do this. Just do this. It'll yeah. enhance your mind. Um, I think I would give it the the seal of approval uh, as well. Kelly says that she would not because she feels like it's more of a puzzle than a board game. And so if we're a board game podcast giving board game seals, she would uh, withhold. Okay. I, I use my board game seal for all products, though. Like a good turkey yeah. sandwich, I'll put yeah. my board game seal of approval on that. Uh, puzzles, games. Yeah. Everything. The ASOR, the Adam seal of approval. Also, uh, beefy five-layer burritos. They're eligible. They are. Well, yeah. So they're definitely... Thank you so much for listening to episode 90. Be sure to subscribe to know when new episodes drop. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Twitch at Variant Hex. We have a website and a blog at VariantHex.com, and you can email us at podcast at VariantHex.com. If there's any clarifications or notes that need to be made regarding this episode, be sure to check the episode description because I have not heard this one yet. The next episode is a bit of a mystery. I'm almost over this cold and should be ready to record again soon. And Aaron and I will be beginning our playthrough of every game in our collection like we do every year leading up to Gen Con in August. So we'll probably have some more reviews, coffee shop games coming up soon for the things that are in our collection. If you're listening to these in reverse, you have 89 more episodes headed your way. The next one being Adam and Aaron talking about their board games of the month for December 2022. I think maybe they mentioned what I played. Maybe they didn't. I wasn't in that episode because of my cold. And that's all for now. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. Bye.